Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? So good. Uh, it's baseball season. We're officially we're officially in baseball season, which makes me very excited. We're only out of baseball season for about three months. No, we're out of baseball. It's like October to April. Spring training starts in like February. Yeah, but spring training is not real baseball. I mean, that's baseball, but it's not real baseball. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is regular season baseball. It is regular season baseball. Very exciting. Bunch of new rules. If you're not a baseball fan and you turn on a baseball game, there is a very, very good likelihood that you're going to be confused by something pretty quickly, pretty quickly. And I think you might enjoy the game more. A lot of these rule changes were designed for fan engagement. Pace, pace of play. <laughs> pace of play has is uh, the stated intent of the commissioner. And so what we've seen is that games have gone faster. There have been some other consequences, other byproducts of the rule changes. Some of those intended, some of those less so. Uh, stolen bases are way up. Early numbers were like 300%. I don't think that will hold, but uh, we're going to see a very big year relative to the last mm-hmm. several years in terms of stolen bases. Um, you, you know, there's these new pitch clock things that sometimes it's like, what what, what, what happened? Um, the, the bases are bigger. You wouldn't notice that looking at the game, but it has changed the game. Um, yeah, they were like 15% bigger. Looking at an old bag and a new bag side by side, it's shocking. You're like, this This is seems like it's going in the wrong direction. This is what a t-ball player should be running toward, not yeah. not a professional athlete. I think it's four inches on the X and Y axis, axes, 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 axes. Um, yeah, no, cool. Uh, uh, one of the things that has caught people off guard is the intentional walk rule. So baseball finally has made it so that a pitcher can intentionally walk or a team can intentionally walk a batter without awkwardly throwing four pitches outside of the reach of the batter. You just throw your glove on the ground. and Yep, you just make <clears throat> the signal and the runner takes first base, which is cool. Yeah. I always thought the best way to intentionally walk someone would be to throw at them. Yeah, hit them with the ball. Yeah. But that's that's intentional and they get a walk <laughs> and you get it out of your system. <laughs> so anyway, it's been very exciting. Although as a Mariner fan, it's been a little bit hit or miss. <laughs> uh, more miss than hit um, to start the season, which is a little rough. But, you know, like you said, it's 162 games. So... We are now something like 44 games in. <laughs> 3% of the way into the season. So, uh, yeah, yeah, very long season. We're just getting started. But it has been, it's been exciting. The only problem with baseball, and, and my wife notes this problem, more than I know the problem, is that there is a baseball game on very frequently during baseball season. And so there's lots of time spent casually or, or partially <laughs> watching a game on the phone down on my lap while engaged in other activities. There is always a baseball game on. Well, certainly always a baseball yeah. game on, but but all, almost always a Mariners <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
I think that's it. I don't know. We don't we don't talk about baseball a lot here. I don't talk about baseball. We don't talk about sports a lot here, right? Not very often, no. Uh, and so I won't be talking about it all that frequently. But just so everybody knows, that's an exciting thing that's happening in my life. Excitement. Andrew, how are you? I am good. I'm uh, Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not great. <laughs> I'm just perfectly medium. Everything is going exactly the way I want and need it to go. Kids are being good. Nothing particularly exciting is going on in my life. Just good. I'm in like a happy equilibrium. I like that. Sorry, I'm not more exciting right now. I'm like, I'm kind of racking my brain. I'm like, I don't really have. That's what happens when you're not a baseball fan. Yeah, apparently. You're just not interesting. <laughs> good to know. Schmedium. Yeah. That describes me in every regard. Well, all right. We're here. We've made it. We're, we've made it. We're here. We're here to talk about watches. Uh, we've got a week. We've got a week until our next guest. It's an exciting guest. It's someone you guys have met before on this show. Um, that's all I'll say for now. Yeah. We'll keep it close to the chest. Uh, but we have a guest next week and so we wanted to talk about us a, a topic that we've talked about before yeah kind of revisit to to see the evolution the changes and then and to see what stays the same right we're talking this week about tool watches and and not really anything revolutionary here just a revisit of the topic of tool watches what watches that we think are cool as per the usual, we've picked three watches times two to talk about in the context of our conversation. But Andrew, you had thought, you had proposed to me that we revisit what a tool watch is. Yes, and I and I the reason I wanted to revisit that is because when I when I'm kind of racking my brain for episode ideas, I look back on all of our previous episodes and read the notes, and I listen to some of them sometimes. Um, to see, like, what what did we miss? What did we not cover? Or perhaps just as important, what has changed in the in the delta of time? Right? There's some episodes that we probably won't revisit in the same regard, right? The poor man's speedy. Yeah. That's kind of a finite idea. Yeah. Right? We're not we're we're probably not gonna go back there. Objectively bests, we're, we owe it to that idea to go back there because things change things evolve sometimes things don't change and everything else changes around them and then they objectively get worse by <laughs> you know by comparison relative to their peers yeah um but tool watches uh i i saw a tool watch episode scrolled by it and i saw another one i don't know a year or so later yeah, i think 93 and 153 <clears throat> yeah and looked at them and i was like okay this is kind of interesting uh, and I looked at the watches we picked, and one of them was uh, kind of some less thought about tool watches. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know we've we've kind of expanded a little bit into you know our favorite tool watches and how to wear a tool watch and you know what the what is the actual durability of your watch. And this is something we've touched on a lot. And and what it got me realizing and thinking about in myself is my idea of a tool watch has drastically evolved in the last several years changed completely on 
not just what a tool watch is, but what I want out of a tool watch. Yeah. Well, without get, let's let's hold on what a tool watch is yeah. because we're we're going to talk about that. But what would you say has been the greatest change in the in the way you approach a tool watch, or what a tool watch might mean to you personally? Less. My original idea of a tool watch has got to be this big, chunky beast with several complications. I mean, I'm thinking like a Pro Trek ABC watch, you know? Like that's sure. a that's a tool watch. That is a tool watch. But I think there's a lot more diversity and cool stuff in what's subtle tool watches. And I and I I was looking at the the watches of espionage feed today. Great Instagram. It's great Instagram. And he had, oh shoot, I don't remember the watch. It was a Tudor. It was either a Pelagos or a Black Bay on an operator's wrist. And he, you know, he took the position that Tudor of the modern era is what Rolex was in the 90s, making attractive, no bullshit, super functional, super durable watches for people who do hard shit. I was like, yeah, that it kind of put definition to how I feel currently about tool watches. They don't need to have ABC complications. That's a cool thing. And I, I'm not going to ever kick one out of bed. But I'm wearing a an Atlas tonight, a Monta Atlas, which I would very much consider a tool watch. It's not a banger by any means. But this is a watch that I could, that will outlast me in almost any environment. That's a tool watch. So what is it? What are the what are the qualities you want out of a tool watch? Mm. So just like when I'm reaching for a screwdriver, kind of depends on what I'm doing. But what I want out of a tool watch is for it to be really good at something intentionally. You know, whether it be a dive watch thing, it, an ISO certified. Even though ISO is kind of superfluous, super, that's a hard word for me. Will you say it? Superfluous. That's the word. Um, it's kind of that, but it's got to have that. By the way, it's the Pelagos 58 yeah. is the watch he's wearing. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was the Pelagos or the Black Bay. But it's, it's, the it's both. It's the Pelagos Black Bay. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> then I wasn't wrong. <laughs> you were right. Uh, but that's what I want. I wanted to do one thing really really well and everything else around it well i want it to be attractive i don't like looking at it and like wearing it and i want it to be wearable you know the the kind of the og garmin gps tool watches that were about the size of a king size snicker bar and set yeah you know vertically along your arm that's not a great tool watch because that's just like it was bigger than handhelds but it was a wearable Hmm. Like, no, it's a shitty tool watch. It dangles off your, it doesn't, it's whatever. But that's what I want. I want it to do something really, really well. And I don't want it to be a byproduct. I don't want it to be like, oh, it happens to do this really well. That's, no, that's what this thing was designed to do. If it's a chronograph, that's what I want it to do. And I want it to be great at it and cool, but also still working more than just that capacity. We talked about the calculator watch. Yeah. That's a shitty tool watch. It's a shitty calculator. 
And it's not a great watch. It's got a tiny dial, tiny buttons that you fat finger. Even if you don't have fat fingers, like you have to use a pencil <laughs> to push the buttons on your calculator watch. It's a cool novelty, but again, not a great tool watch. Yeah. And there's some differentiation there, right? Something that has a special or unique quality intended to do a thing to make your ability to do that thing easier, better, safer. You know, I think that tool watches is one of those terms in watches that sometimes means something and other times means other things to the person who's saying, who's uttering the phrase, uh, almost to the point where it becomes meaningless. Yep. So there, there are a handful of phrases in watches. And I think tool watch is one of the most conspicuous entries to the list uh, that are are vague uh, to their own harm. Um, you, you know, we talked m- many episodes ago at this point um, about flagship watches, and and we argued on the show about what what does a flagship mean. We argued about you know which watches were the best candidate for a brand's flagship, etc. And, and and I think we had some meaningful thoughts, but that's another term, right? Well, what does this mean? This is a term that people throw out and everybody nods like, yeah, 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 yeah. But we don't really know what it means. I think tool watch is m- similar in, in that mm-hmm. regard. We say, uh, this is a tool watch, but we don't ever think about, well, what does that mean? Or perhaps some people do. I think that the, the first thing I'd like to note is that a tool watch is not the same as a beater correct there may be beaters that are tool watches Mm -hmm. and there may be tool watches that are beaters but those two terms aren't the same thing they don't refer to the same qualities And, and and i'm not sure a beater is a terribly meaningful term i'm not sure that you could actually develop a definition of a beater watch that would be meaningful for everybody, which makes it kind of a, a throwaway term, right? Different, you know, some people would be like, oh, got the got the Submariner beater on today or whatever, right? Like, I, I think so, of some people would say that. A, my beater is a description of how I wear a watch versus a type of watch. Yes. Not so for the term tool watch. And so understanding that, general principle we set out on accomplishing the not simple task no of des- defining the term tool watch andrew i did not know when we started that task if we were going to get to a place where we feel good we got there because we're parsers i think we got there i think we got there so should i just read yeah, the read definition the, read the definition because this is this is canon now Okay, everybody. What are you wearing? Everybody at home, get out your pens. I'm wearing a King Seiko oh, today. That's what I thought it was, but I haven't uh, seen that on you in a while. <laughs> everybody, get out your pens. Here is our revised definition. You're not going to hear the earlier drafts, um, or perhaps you will. This is the final draft. This is the final revised definition for the phrase "tool watch." A tool watch is a watch designed to perform a physical task or activity, usually typified by or combined with a discrete physical durability that makes it especially suited for said task or activity. Okay, so let's break it down. 
So first, it's a watch designed to perform a physical task or activity. So we all know that can mean a lot of things. So the the most, I think, iconic or the most, you know, thrown about reference for a, a tool watch is a dive watch. Mm-hmm. Diving is a physical activity. <laughs> One of the things that we struggled with in creating this definition is the idea of a pilot's watch or perhaps a racing watch. Yeah. We initially said that this watch had to have a feature of physical durability. We agreed on that. And then we kept coming up with things that we thought, well, that's certainly a tool watch, but there's no component of that that is physical durability. So for instance, yeah, Breitling Navitimer, clearly a tool watch, although not everybody is going to wear that like a tool watch. I think a lot of people don't. Clearly a tool watch, but this is not a highly water-resistant watch. It's not especially known for its like magnetic resistance or um, its you know temperature fluctuation resistance or anything like that. Right? It, it's a, a watch that is designed for pilots flying, being a physical activity. Thus, a watch designed to perform a physical task or activity, mm-hmm. whether that's race car driving. Because I went to a Speedmaster right away when we were thinking about that. So well, the Speedmaster then becomes not a tool watch, and the Speedmaster is objectively a tool watch. I don't think that's true because the Speedmaster was specifically designed and rigorously tested to withstand freezing and pressure changes. With, and five, with 50 meters of water resistance. and it, it Don't make the mistake of substituting water resistance for physical capability. But that is a huge limiter within the scope of the rest yes. of its abilities. Um, so it's Achilles heel. So it's a watch designed to perform a physical task or activity, hiking, uh, swimming, perhaps. Uh, so this is a big world that we're in. Here's the next part. Usually typified by or combined with a discrete physical durability. That's how we, that's how we fit these in. That makes it especially suited for said task or activity. Yes. And I think at the end of the day, we agreed that's fair. It gets the intent across. Mm -hmm. It doesn't disclude things we think that should certainly be included. And it does a relatively good job of sorting out things that shouldn't be included. We talked about a moon phase watch. We argued at length. Oh, I don't know. That was probably 20 texts exchanged over it. So moon phase is a complication, one of the oldest complications designed Mm -hmm. to inform the observer of the phases of the moon. The moon phases being something that, you know, say 15th century were pretty valuable and important for people to know. Um, Thus, a very practical complication. Now now typically appearing in watches not for practical purpose and in fact appearing in watches that are designed to be elegant and dressy (laughs) usually without loom so in the dark you couldn't see your moon face and so (laughs) that right that that was how we got to i think that's a uh, was an important part how do we differentiate a navitimer from a moon phase watch, right? Because mm-hmm. a slide rule, anachronistic complication, 
mm-hmm. not something that's being used all that often. Although pilots would be like, oh, we had to learn. Uh, yeah, you, you know, they will. Oh, okay, fine. Um, I saw boiled egg needed boiled too. Like, <laughs> I get it. These things are anachronistic complications, but they're different. And, and that is how we got there. So whereas a pilot's watch is a watch designed to assist pilots in the physical activity of flying. Um, a moon face watch typically designed to be dressy and look fucking dope. Yes. With your tuxedo. <clears throat> with a antiquated tool capacity incorporated into it. That's right. So I'll read it one more time. Revised proposed definition. A tool watch is a watch designed to perform a physical task or activity usually typified by or combined with a discrete physical durability that makes it especially suited for said task or activity. Don't at me. That's what a tool watch is. Yeah. Which also has the added benefit of eliminating the Casio calculator watch. Yes. We have decided tonight, this is a controversy that's been tearing the watch world up Casio calculator watch, hot take, not a tool watch. Nope. Novelty watch. Super fun. I still love it. Not a tool watch. Make it bigger. Boom, boom, pow. Yeah. I feel good about that. I feel like we've done something really important tonight. We, you know, we, we've accomplished a lot, and I think we're, we're making waves and changes in the space that we live in. Um, and that's important for us to define this because we like definitions. <laughs> We like putting things into boxes and understanding why we think the things that we think. So now we have a definition. Much like the flagships. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, we each picked three watches. Yeah. And I think it'd be fun to talk about those watches. I agree. Andrew, you've seen my watches. You've seen your watches. Is there any particular order you'd like to to move about the country in? Uh, You know, I forgot to open yours so give me a second <laughs> i um, think what i'd like to do is start with the least to the most expensive of our watches okay how do you feel about that yeah i like that we don't usually do that i am going to start if you don't mind with a watch that i think is pretty fun this is a watch i don't uh know a ton about because it's not a watch that gets talked about a lot but this is a watch by the Cabot Watch Company. It was referred to or released, I believe, in 2020. Uh, but it's based on a 1980 Ministry of Defense specification. It's the CWC T20 GS case. This is a, a British Forces Tano. So sort of... Hamilton khaki pioneer looking. Uh, they call it the, the nickname the G10 Fat Boy. So Swiss quartz movement. It is a really typical Tonneau case, 316L steel, 38 millimeters, very, very compact, 42 lug to lug, 30 millimeter dial diameter. So I think that that 38 must include the crown yeah Uh, i think so high torque ronda 715 quartz uh luminova 
fixed spring bars. This is a this is a field watch. It's a MOD field watch G10. Not a lot more to say about it, I don't think. Water resistance, much like many field watches, five atmospheres. So we've already talked about this. Tool watch physical durability does not necessarily mean some insane amount of water resistance. Correct. This is a watch designed for a soldier in the field who may get wet, but is not scuba diving. Certainly won't be submerged for a protracted period of time. Legibility is one of the primary characteristics of most of our field watches. Luminescence at night is a characteristic. Its ability to fit under a cuff, and but not necessarily in a dressy way. Its ability to be tough, fixed spring bars in this case, are going to typify that, um, th- that experience. Brushed uh, stainless steel for l- low glare. It's is a tool watch mm-hmm. through and through, right? Agree. Let's talk about the cost because I, I have arranged these things to be in terms of prices low to high. This is not a super cheap watch. 250 pounds right now, which I think is a just under 300. Yeah, I think it's like 287 ish. Uh, things that compete with this um, Hamilton Khaki Mechanical. Probably half again as much, if not twice as much. Vayer lives in this space. Vayer lives in this Bertucci space. Bertucci lives in this space. 100%. Bertucci almost made this list in this slot. Uh, Timex Expedition North yep. has their um, American Field Watch candidates. I think the SNK can kind of exist in this space. It's in a different yes. way, but it, c- it could exist in this space. Absolutely. So I went with Cabot because Cabot's making current um, MOD watches, Mm -hmm. uh, which in my mind makes it an interesting company because just because we've got a tool watch doesn't mean we have to skew the things that we like about watches. And this watch being produced by CWC with the Circle L Luminova markings and the broad arrow at 6 o'clock... It does those things for me. Uh, I agree. <clears throat> I've come really close to getting these, a couple different iterations of this. And... Other watches that might that might do very similar things. Uh, obviously, we already talked about the Hamilton Khaki Pioneer, mm-hmm. um, and and the other one is the Marathon General Purpose watches, which I think are pretty general purpose quartz, general purpose mechanical, pretty fun watches. Resin cases versus steel. I think I'm less excited about resin than steel. I understand that that resin does not rule you out of being a tool watch, but I'm less excited about it. You know, I don't know what episode it was, Andrew, but it was very early and you had made an argument that a Timex Ironman, I think it was when we Mm. introduced our, um, Durability rankings are our mm-hmm. objective watch ratings. And you had made the argument that a throwaway watch was durable specifically because it was throwaway. 
And I can't remember exactly your justification, but I, I, I will continue to hold to that because an F91, <clears throat> you can buy 25 F91s for this price, which will last you your entire life. <laughs> That's maybe true. You, you might break it and it doesn't matter. You break a Swiss quartz. You're, that hurts. There's there's some some like emotional consequences there to either yeah, I mean to fully replace the movement. You're not gonna be getting that repaired. So there's a there's a a durability in the like how much can this take? The replaceability. But also replaceability. That is a component in that. Well, and maybe maybe uh splitting the wickets on your on your uh counterintuitive or perhaps even um uh, what do what do you call it when two ideas contradictory mm. uh, conflicting. conclusions conflicting yeah. uh, conclusions? This is an acrylic crystal, which I am on record as being a hezzy boy. Uh, yeah, field watch with an acrylic <clears throat> crystal. There's something there. Yeah, you can polish that right out, and if you can't, you can't. And and, and it's not gonna, but it's not gonna shatter. Yeah. Or yeah. it's. I mean, it might shatter. I think you actually got two in a row here. Do you? I don't know what you mean by that. You're next up. Well, you're <laughs> next up. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're you're next up. It is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was on and off my list a couple times. I had trouble with this watch mostly because it was available for about 15 hours. Uh, it seems long. <laughs> about a month ago. But it's estimated to be restocked this summer. Um, is the notice sector deep? So we are huge fans of the notice sector series. We've talked about that watch at nauseum on this show. Uh, the notice sector series was uh, created by notice to be a single mid case housing for discrete different types of watches. Um, which includes a pilot watch, a uh, sport watch, a dive watch, and a field watch. Their lo- the logo for the Notice Sector series is four watch four rings on the back of on the case back of the watch. And when they released this, I asked Wes if they thought they might need to change their logo because I think that this is a fifth entry into the sector series it's the little diamond in the concentric it's it, in the it's not a, uh it's not a pie chart it's a venn diagram in the venn diagram it's, it's uh one of the confluences <laughs> so what this is is a 500 meter dive watch it is the exact same mid case as all of the rest of the sector watches Slightly more protuberant case back for obvious reasons, but a very different feeling watch because it has got a large, oversized even 42 millimeter bezel that winds up overhanging the case all the way around (laughs) in all four directions. It's got a very big crown, which has a lovely locking indication on on the crown which i i don't know if anybody needs that but 
I sure as heck want it. Yeah. What do you think of this watch, Andrew? I dig this. And I think something they did uh, intentionally or unintentionally, they they solved one of the biggest bitches about dive watches. The bezel's hard to manipulate. I can't get a good grip on it. <laughs> uh, and they're like, oh, I know how to do that. I'm going to put a monster bezel on the outside of the case and you're going to be able to get purchase on this bezel on three sides, the top, the side, the bottom. Yeah. You're going to be able to manipulate this bezel in mittens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is super cool. This is, this is one of the coolest things that notice has done. And I think it's, I think it's awesome. And this is, this is, you know, kind of the, the typical, everyone thinks of this as a tool watch. Nobody looked at this. And they're like, Oh, that's a conservative dive watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's, it's no like, it, and the other, because it's a small case, it's also not huge. This isn't it's what not. you're going to wear to work out for like the weight of the watch. I dig this. They've taken this huge idea and smashed it into a, a wearable package. You know, some 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 differences to this versus the other Notice, even the Notice Dive, it's got a double bezel uh, giving you both a 12-hour indication and a 60-minute dive timer. It's got a left-hand drive, mm-hmm. which, y- you know, I don't know if I know if that's a great idea for a dive watch, but it's interesting and fun. It's different um, because you're not opening your crown on a dive. Um, yeah, that's right. So I don't, I don't really see it. But also, if you look at the the overhead pictures in a with a shirt on, the crown vanishes. Yep, it's, it's still huge, but you don't see it. You don't see it. That's right. Super legible, really cool handset. Uh, it. Yeah, you know, we don't need to tell you how great it is because it sold out almost instantly. Uh, Just a terrific watch, very much a tool watch. And like I said, I only included it because I'm confident that you will be able to purchase this relatively soon. And it's not a a tool watch that you're going to look crazy wearing. You could wear this normally. Right. Because it's not huge. Yeah. It's not a 60 millimeter dive watch. 42 millimeters minus. Yeah. Cause the case is 40. Yeah, it is. And, and it's not, it's not super thick either. 13.6, which it's is not, that's a thick girl. It, it's not skinny but for 500 meters of water resistance. You gotta, you gotta make some kind of compromise there. That's right. Just a terrific watch. Notice sector. Deep. So deep. Uh, and they do warn you that there is a nearly, nuclear amount of luminous material (laughs) it had been really cool if somewhere on there they took the uh uh nuclear hazard uh stamp put it on there that'd be cool andrew finally me it's finally you another this is this is not a field watch but it fills that place this is a sport watch in the Traska commuter. And the reason this fits in the tool watch world for me. It's designed to be a go anywhere, do anything 
watch with that you will never outlast. It's not a super, it's not a dive watch, right? You know, one of the, part of our definition is um, designed to perform a physical task or activity, usually typified by or combined with a discrete physical durability. This watch's discrete physical durability is the hardening process by which they put their steel through. This is not an indestructible watch, but it shows no signs of wear. I don't, I treat this watch kindly, but I don't worry ever about what I'm doing while I'm wearing this watch. It has super luminova. Its loom is terrific. 9039 movement, 100 meters of water resistance. does all the things that I want a watch to do in any environment. It is the watch I can pick up, put on, regardless of what I'm about to do. And that's a tool watch. It's it's like putting on your Carhartt jeans. Those are work pants. You don't know what you're going to do in them. And that's okay, because it's going to carry you through. Yeah, so perhaps not designed to, to perform a specific task or activity. But be terrifically durable. But to perform all the tasks or activities. Yes. All the tasks are active. It's not going to do anything exceptional, right? There's no rotating bezel. There's no timer. There's no date. There's no, it's not got 500 meters of water resistance. It doesn't have a chronograph. doesn't have a fourth hand. It's just a. Does have a third leg though. Does have a third leg. It's just a utility watch. And it bumps right up against what I expect out of a field watch. And I think what differentiates this from a field watch is its dial. Yeah, that's right. It, it's a slightly dressier yeah. dial meant to give you some versatility in yeah. the in the boardroom, as they say. Because if you put a, a 1224 dial on this, you're like, oh, that's a field watch. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I accept. This is absolutely uh, between the scratch resistance and the crystal and the water resistance absolutely fits the bill. Not everyone's going to wear this like a tool watch, but it certainly is a tool watch. Mm-hmm. Not everyone wears their Black Bay 58 like a tool watch or their Black Bay 36, but damn, those are tool watches. Or to our earlier point, a Breitling Nevitimer. Correct. Yeah, I, I I accept, Andrew. I think it's a lovely pick. I know you love this watch. I do think it's a little boring to pick a watch you own, but I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it because I don't like the dial configuration on the uh, Summiteer as much as I like this dial configuration. Thought about going with the Freediver, but I went a different direction with my dive watch. But it's all the hardening thing. That's that's This is a tool watch line coming out of Trasco. Absolutely. Nailed it. And for 600 bucks. Which is a smoking deal. Traska doesn't get a ton of of hype, which we've talked about on this show, in part in part because of their particular aesthetic, which is, as you say, Andrew, less. The Traska aesthetic is less. Yes, and that's what I want. They deserve hype, and I'll continue to hype them. 
There's a great case profile on that, by the way. It's so good. Oh, I get to do three in a row. Yes, you sure do. Okay. Uh, so next up for me, the Vayer D5 Atlantic. Tell me about this watch. This is a, a, you put this on your list and I thought, oh, that's a weird watch. D5 Atlantic. Uh, as we know, Vayer does a um, an interesting thing in that they they have different varieties of the same watch. And the difference is where it gets assembled and what kind of movements in it. So the D5 Atlantic is a USA assembled, I believe it's Swiss. Um, oh gosh. We'll scroll, scroll that. Automatic 39 millimeter dive watch. Two hundred meters of water resistance, sapphire domed crystal. USA assembled. If that's important to you, it's just a cool thing, right? It's not, it's not necessarily important to me. Miyota movement, but Nin- it's cool. Okay, so Miyota movement. Um, they have they they do. I think as a company, they're doing a little bit too much of variation and what's made where and assembled where because they've got some Swiss stuff. They've got some American made Chinese stuff. They've got some Chinese assembled stuff. And it's, it's a little bit chaotic. It's a thing. And I can't wrap my head around it. They have so good for them. It's a little bit like uh, it's a little cheesecake factory. A little bit. Yeah. Right. Like I shouldn't really be able to order tikka masala. And Putinesca in the same place. Like I just, I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> uh, so 39 millimeter case, 40 millimeter bezel. So we got a little bit more overhang. We still got some purchase on the bezel. Brush steel, which is 316L, as we know. Sapphire crystal, double domed. Ceramic loomed bezel. 11.6 thick. I mean, I don't know. This is, I chose this watch because I wanted to branch away a little bit from the um, the Seiko world of dive watches. I wanted to find a dive watch that I liked, that did the thing, and that was well-designed. This This looks like kind of a less retro-y, of Baltic design language, right? Baltic has works similar space, but they they really push hard into vintage inspiration. But this is just a 200 meter dive watch for $640. There are better ones out there, certainly. There are worse one outs worse ones out there for much more, certainly. This is the kind of dive watch I want. Super simple, little bit of polish, a lot of loom, great legibility, and does its job. Yeah, you, you know, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm not, I'm not over the moon about this watch, but it's not because of the design. The design's terrific. Uh, perhaps one of the most famous designs in mm-hmm. in all of watches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, it, it does it does the trick, and and I like what you've done here. I think that this is a nice compliment 
to your first pick. And and I know the guys from Bayer, they're great, terrific guys. Um, and I think this is a great, terrific watch. And it certainly meets our <clears throat> it certainly meets our criteria and definition for a tool watch. Because I tried to keep my watches under a thousand. My my dive pick would have been a little bit north of this. I kept my watches under a thousand. Did you? For two out of three. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, so I get to, like I said, I get to do three in a row. My last pick, very much like your first pick, uh, it's a field watch with a little bit of extra ass. Yeah. The Khaki Field Titanium Auto. What a terrific watch. 945 bucks. I love the Khaki Field. I don't know why I don't own one. I love these watches. And in this iteration, it's in titanium, which for this application is the perfect material. It's got, what's it? These are at two or uh, 100 meters of water resistance. So it's north of what you typically get out of a field watch. Mm-hmm. 100 meters of water resistance is what I want out of what I would consider to be a tool watch. Not because I'm going to need that kind of pressure, but because I don't want to think about it. At 50 meters of water resistance, there becomes, it's just not as sure. You get a little bit more water resistance. You get less ability to infiltrate with moisture. If you're living in a sustained wet environment, I'm not talking like it gets rained on. I'm thinking like in the jungle or the fucking swamps Mm -hmm. where, yeah, you're not going to surpass your water resistance, but you're just going to be waterlogged. And at some point you're going to open your crown. Sure. hundred meters of water resistance, even with an open crown is not going to mitigate it, but it's just more protection. And that's what I want out of a tool watch. And when we're thinking about a titanium field watch, a hundred meters, 100 meters is kind of the bare minimum. And that's where they're at, which is also the expectation. It's a it's a pass-fail, and they passed. They pass. H10 movement in this thing. I might get one of these. Obviously designed to go outside. Anywhere Perfect. outside. Anywhere. Terrific watch. I, I love titanium. Except on a 1990s G-Shock. <laughs> <laughs> You, you know, I, I'm not crazy about the orange pop on this, but in Hamilton's defense, I think for this watch, in particular the titanium, it it works, and it works in in a really good way. So they've got a bit of a sector dial here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the 12 and the 24-hour numerals. Yeah, this is a terrific watch. I, I like the orange pop because of legibility. Like just quick, quick glance legibility. A little bit of full loom here. Uh, a little bit, yeah. That's fine. It works. It works. It's not brown. It's just like just it's 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 dark, slightly aged. It's dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Gr- great pick, Andrew. And and I think it's a terrific watch. It's a watch I've looked at a number of times in the past. Uh, yeah, terrific. All right, what do you got next? All right. <clears throat> So there is a town, there's a city, I think you might call it 
called Glashuta. Have you heard of this place? I know a fellow who says it much better than you. Okay. <laughs> I think it's actually Glashuta. So there's a place in... Well, then they shouldn't put an SH. Germany called Glashuta, which is one of the most important places in all of watchmaking. Uh, Longa is is out of Glashuta. Um, Nomos, Tutima, and also a company called, I think it's Mula or Mula. I think it's Mula. Mula Glasuta. <laughs> Mula is, I believe, a company we have never spoken of on this show before. Is that correct? I, I can't say with certainty. This is like, we're in like the 240s, aren't we? We, yeah, <laughs> that is that is not to say it's not an important company in watches because it very much is an important company of watches. It's just not a company that we've spent a lot of time talking about. So the watch I've picked for my third entry is the 1,000-meter water resistance Mula Glasuta SAR Rescue Timer. So, so... <laughs> this is a watch that was designed for German search and rescue professionals, specifically for the German government. Uh, it's a, unsurprisingly, a, a search and rescue watch. This is a watch that has a thousand meters of water resistance that notwithstanding that thousand meters of water resistance uh, comes in at a, I would say, conservative 42 millimeters by 13 and a half millimeters. Yes. N- uh, uh, not undersized, but I'm going to say that this probably wears like a mid-sized watch. It does it's got have, a four millimeter thick crystal, Everett. It's got a four millimeter <laughs> thick crystal what? and still comes in at 13 and a half millimeters. Um, the most notable feature of this watch i think so it's it's brushed everywhere it is steel and i almost wish that this were titanium but it's not and so that's that still it's got an interesting feature which is that it has got a bezel that appears black because it is in fact a hard vulcanized black rubber The bezel on this watch is vulcanized black rubber, which means that it is going to be physically, physically very resistant to taking damage to the bezel, which is the most likely place for you to hit your watch. Where you're going to smack things, especially during a search and rescue operation. That's right. So, uh, I wouldn't call this a beautiful bracelet Mm-mm. because <laughs> it, it's just simply not beautiful. Also has some some rubber on the bracelet. Um, but you know from Mula that this is going to be incredibly well put together, incredibly robust. Uh, I just think this watch is terrific, Andrew. I think I, it's a super cool watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. It it incorporates weird things for a very real reason. And I can get down with that. 
it's not for me. And it's really, I think it's not for most people who aren't doing search and rescue operations. I don't dig the dial design. Yes, so it's got... I uh, dig the, uh, the legibility's great-ish. <laughs> There's a ton of loom, but yep. it's all markers. The, the, the actual numerals are so small that there's just no way they're just there. Yeah, and 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 so perhaps unsurprisingly, it's got a very German feel mm-hmm. to it. Uh I, I'm not going to say it looks like a Zen because it does not, but it's got that same aesthetic, yes, that Zen incorporates. So that when all you, German watches incorporate. You look at the handset, <laughs> you look uh, at at the case profile, it, this is a German watch through and through, conservatively sized with a thousand meters of water resistance. It does have a weird feature, which is a crown located directly at four o'clock. And the crown is the only thing on the entire watch that's polished, which is a, a bit of a mismatch, but it has an interesting crown guard too. It does. It has yeah. like a it typically crown guards are just on the sides of the crown and this one kind of encases the crown. It's definitely interesting. And it's not I mean it's it's 2500 well, yeah, 2500 bucks. 2500 bucks. They're I believe they're out of production but you can still find them. There'll be a link to exquisite timepieces mm-hmm. which has these in stock. That will be in in the show notes if you were Hooded lugs. Yeah, I mean, this is this is cool. It's a cool watch. It, it, it's a cool watch. Um, n- not cheap, but it's not supposed to be. But it's certainly, I think, when we came up with our definition, I was looking for a watch that I thought, well, well, I need a watch, A, that we, I've never talked about, and B, that in, that is totally an embodiment of the, our, the definition that we came up with tonight. So I'm going to read it one more time. A tool watch is a watch designed to perform a physical task or activity, usually typified by or combined with a discrete physical durability that makes it especially suited for said task or activity. That's this watch. Yeah. 100 Atmos. Rubber bezel designed to be brushed up against rocks or trees or whatever else you're going to run into thousand meters of water resistance, probably very difficult to break four millimeter sapphire crystal domes too. So you get displacement issue like strength. This is a, this is a tool watch and it's really fucking cool. (laughs) And it's made by Mula in Glashuta. Yeah. Yeah. Why are they making that watch? I don't know, but I'm here for it, man. Is this the tooliest of all tool watches? No. Oh. The Pelagos is. I think the Pelagos is maybe the the most iconic tool watch. Certainly the quote-unquote best. I think this is the tooliest of all the tool watches. Perhaps. There's some Zen, some Zen watches that I thought, well, this could fit here. Zen's actually got a U1000. Something about the Mula was calling out to me, though. Because it's unique. It very much like the CWC 
they were given a spec sheet and they were like, we got this. We got this. Hold my beer. We're put rubber in the bezel. I seal you up tight. Yep. I, I think if this were titanium, that's the that puts it right over the edge. It it would be. It also puts it probably at like thirty two hundred, thirty five hundred. Yeah, what's the difference? Twenty five hundred, thirty two hundred. Who cares? Give me some titanium. Yeah, give me the titanium. That's I'm, the Pelagos has really been like screaming that man. That sucks. <laughs> I think it's a pretty neat watch. It's a pretty neat watch. It's a good list of tool watches. And we've done the thing. We did it. We've defined what a tool watch actually is. And it doesn't have to come with a hundred complications. It doesn't have to be made of resin. It just has to do a thing intentionally really, really good. And make your life better for it. So here's the here's the deal. If you... if We're, we're going to post the definition in the show notes. It'll just be in there. If you, you at home, whoever you are, go to Reddit and you're the first to post a Reddit thread saying 40 and 20 guys say they define tool watches. This is what they came up with. What do you think? We'll shout you on on next week, next week, next week, next week's episode. Okay. All right. All right. We did the thing. Andrew, having accomplished the task of defining a tool watch what do you got i watched a mini series today called waco american apocalypse yeah it's really good <clears throat> it's really good and i've watched the other waco things uh there was like a docudrama which was also pretty ago. good it was really good and when I started this, I was like, am I watching a thing that I've already watched? No, this is new. This is all new. Because yeah. you, you know the story. Uh, well, yeah, I, I know the story. And, and I, I have a, an interesting personal, not personal. I was not in any way affiliated with what happened at Waco. I actually have no memory of that. But I have like... And never in my life was I not aware of Branch Davidians. Uh, so I'm watching the show and I was just totally engrossed. They did this really interesting, as, as most documentaries do, combining video from the actual events against interviews from people who were there in every capacity. And I think that was the most interesting part to me was the interviews they have, like in, in previous shows that I watch, I don't remember interviews with Branch Davidians, like with people who are on the compound. And in this, these are some of the most hard, the hardest hitting guests in the miniseries is these folks who were on the compound for, you know, of varying ages and, expectation of of their participation in it it was crazy i could watch it again it was super well made they they it wasn't it was the story right it wasn't the sensationalism usually when you get a miniseries like this they they focus on the on the big things on how sensational it was and this was like the human stories 
from every perspective. For, even for even the, the ones that are really, really tough people, like like you're a really difficult person to handle. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the interesting thing that I took away from it was like the people who were there, at least the people they, you know, they they had on screen, they seemed to be in a position where they were ready to do it again. Yeah, kind of unapologetic about the things that were going on and yeah, some of the pretty terrible behaviors uh not to not to upset anybody here but uh pedophilia and sex with minors and and like systematic yeah it, yeah the the people who lived on the and I'm like not just the people involved but the branch davidians who they were interviewing on the show were like this is life bro like what's the problem N- not not only that but <clears throat> 30 years later th- this was this was our life and this was something that was spiritual and good mm-hmm. notwithstanding the fact that it is an incredible taboo and and pretty hard to stomach i i knew this but it took me it took the reminder of the oklahoma sitting bombing connection to the waco incident and when i when i saw there's a clip of timothy mcveigh there in the in the crowd of onlookers because this was televised for 51 days on national television uh Timothy McVeigh is there on camera. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that. It's just this crazy, it's a really well done miniseries on Netflix. Yeah. Terrific. I and for a lot that. of us, it's like, it's, it's, if you don't remember it, you remember the immediate fallout. Yeah. Cause you're, you're not that much older than me. I'm sure you remember this. Maybe not super clearly, but you're like, oh yeah, I, kinda, I remember that yeah, happening. I remember it happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, that's a really good other thing, and I'm a little disappointed that I had you go first, although you always go first. I always go first. But uh, I feel like mine's going to be a letdown. You'll never let me down. Andrew, have you heard of the company called, not the country, uh, or not the place, excuse me, but but the company called Patagonia? No. Well, so there's a outdoor gear company called patagonia if you talk about the sweater you're wearing you've already done it <laughs> uh I, I, do you know anything about patagonia worn wear no so patagonia is it's a terrific company by the way uh they make expensive stuff and patagucci uh, that's pat, commonly called that that's right it, it's expensive and oftentimes it's very good um, but you know, I think because there's a certain segment of the population that's really, really heavily latched onto certain aspects of Patagonia's catalog that, uh, you know, not everybody's super high on them, but, but whatever it, it, it's, it's enough for me to say it's a terrific company with terrific ideas about what's what, and, yeah. uh, they make really good stuff. I did not realize that Patagonia maintains a used gear section through their website. And on trade that, in on that section, you can both trade 
in your lightly worn Patagonia clothing. And you can purchase other people's lightly used Patagonia clothing that's been received and thoroughly cleaned by Patagonia. God, for 50% off, I don't even care if you clean it. But, <laughs> that's right. Oftentimes... <laughs> For, for pretty steep discounts. I didn't know that this was a thing. And then someone said, oh, well, did you check out Warnware? I was like, well, no, what's that? Um, yeah, it, they. It, I, I think the most stunning thing about this is how much stuff they have on here. So uh, pretty much if you want a, a, an article that's in the current or recent Patagonia catalog, you'll be able to find it here. You may not find the colorway you want, but Patagonia is one of these companies that has the same products by and large year in year out. They always introduce some new stuff and they always get rid of some stuff, but there are things like the Cinchilla, which has been in the catalog for a billion years. It's like an OG of the catalog. That's right. So, so for instance, right now, you can get in excellent condition a cinchilla pullover normally selling for 120 you can get one for 67 bucks from patagonia and i can confirm that that will be in like new condition when you receive it it'll be the size you want um if you know the size you want, don't get this if you don't know what size you are. Well, I'll tell you, Patagonia is a little weird with that stuff. Sizing can be <coughs> tricky. So if if yeah. you want an article, I recommend Googling the article that you want in sizing because in particular, their tops can run large or small depending on what the product is. But, uh, you, you know, all of the all of the goods, you can get a damn sweater, you can get the micro uh, micro puff, you can get yeah, I'm looking at a nano puff right now. Those are two hundred and eighty dollars new hundred thirty nine bucks Yep, in black. I don't know who traded that in down. And, and they got tons of stuff down sweater vest. Normally one hundred and eighty. You can get it for ninety. I had no clue. And I think it's terrific. I think it is terrific. Patagonia, a lot of margins of Patagonia. And so they have the ability to do stuff like this. But it's pretty cool that they're giving their consumers an opportunity to pick this stuff up directly from them with with their standard return policies. Anything you buy from Patagonia, by and large, is effectively lifetime guaranteed. Mm-hmm. It's terrific. So I ordered two articles of clothing. I ordered a cinchilla snap tee fleece, and I ordered a pair of baggies. They're shorts. They're athletic shorts. I might be getting that nano puff. Both came in. Both were like new. Yeah, that looks packaged. Like you took the pack, like the tag off of it. Terrific! I didn't know this existed. There'll be a link. There'll be a link to both. No, there won't. I'm not linking people to this. I'm keeping <laughs> this for myself. <laughs> to both the new Waco miniseries on Netflix and. Patagonia Warner Wear in the show notes. Andrew, we've done it. We did a lot of things. Anything you want to add? I am all out of things, my friend. Hey, you guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you and we're glad you're here. If if you'd like, and 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 we'd like you to, go to our website, watchclicker.com. That's where we post not only every episode of this podcast, but 
articles, reviews, other pretty fun stuff. Just about every week, there's one or two things that go up there. You can also check us out on the socials at WatchClicker or at 40 and 20 underscore WatchClicker on the Instagram. And, and most importantly, if you'd like to support us, oh boy, we hope you do. Kind of support it this week. KO. Uh, Patreon.com slash 40 and 20. Look, look, seriously, that's how we get all, all of the money, well, most of the money that we use to support the podcast, the website, hosting, hardware, software, all of that stuff. All of you is supporting us. We thank you so much. And and if you'd like to support us, hey, we, we'd, love, we'd love to have you genuinely. And don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.